Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. Podcast Network listeners, welcome to this extreme national 12 violence you'll ever experience on the Extreme Through Radiance Podcast. I am JT, and joining me as always on this journey through the land of extreme are Matt and Jenny. How are you guys doing? Uh, I am looking forward to uh, talking about the orgy of violins this evening. So, why are you guys still my jokes? <laughs> Whoops, it's a goddamn symphony of violins. Wait, that doesn't make sense. It's a Orchestra Symphony of Violence. It's a Trans-Siberian Extreme Orchestra. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, on this here podcast, we're going through the history of Extreme Championship Wrestling, starting from February 1994, the line was crossed. And here we are today, starting July 1997. Our last episode, we covered a lot of change in the world of Extreme. Raven's gone. Dreamer finally beat him. Lawler's here. RVD and Sabu are looks like going against their own home promotion. Um, Taz is the new TV champion. Saturn broke his leg. So we got a lot going on here. Uh, we're going to see how all that continues to play out over the next few weeks. So we're going to cover three weeks of ECW television, starting with July 1st, 1997. Joey Styles is in the ring. The crowd is hot. Welcomes us into this week's episode. He says it's very hot in tropical South Philadelphia. Reminds us this is the orgy of violence and brings out Rick Rude to a pop. Rude's all smiles. He struts out and Joey asks him to keep the orgy down at the hotel tonight so he can sleep after the show. Tonight we will see Sandman and Tommy Dreamer versus Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Joey says Lawler has refused to come to the arena. Maybe he has something better to do. Rude says King learned long ago he can make more money on his knees than his feet. And if King is within distance of Rude, he may come out and kiss his ass. And Rude pulls it out before we get censored. Uh, but we get a censor, I should say. Uh, any thoughts, quick, Jenny, on this opening segment here? Uh, yeah. Um, what what did Rude show the crowd? Um, his ass. Was it his just his ass? You think it was everything? Know. I don't know. I, that's why I was asking. 
I like the little censored bar that we get is a pair of lips, like a lipstick. <laughs> uh, that was, somebody somebody had fun uh, editing the show, but <laughs> yeah, uh, Root is insane. Um, I, I increasingly love him and Joey together. Um, m- more like Rick Lude, Matt. My God, Rick Lude. Uh, he, uh, yeah, R- Rude and Joey, uh, they're growing on me too. I know I was, uh, not harsh on Rude, but I, I had concerns about the Rude and Joey pairing, but it, it's working really well together. And Rude looks like he's having a blast just mm-hmm. doing his thing every week. So, uh, good on him. Another note I had here was that Joey still totally owns the crowd, um, uh, mm-hmm. at ECW. Like it, it just, I don't. I don't know. I just I love Joey in the nest, but it's a certain sort of love that he gets when he's in the ring that I don't know. It always pops me. Well, he's our, you know, he's leading our journey. He's leading our journey through. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just felt like really just like overly fond of him during Mm -hmm. this opening part. Him and Rick Sues, perhaps (laughs) we get our opening animation. God. In our opening match featuring Pitbull 2 taking on Bam Bam Bigelow. So Pitbull still tied into the triple threat here. Uh, Bigelow comes out along with Francine and Shane Douglas. Triple threat's really taking full shape. Douglas grabs the mic and lays down a warning that things will end tonight with the Pitbulls. Bigelow's looking good. It's definitely slimmed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, despite the distance of the feud, it's actually a fresh match, I guess. Pitbull 1 is not at ringside. Douglas attacks, allowing Bigelow to jump Pitbull 2 from behind, hangs him over the top by his chain, which looked really cool. Bigelow releases and kicks away, pours the strikes on the now bloody Pitbull 2. Bigelow crushes him with a sick punch to the nose. Even Rude and Joey pop on that. (laughs) Bigelow grinds at the cut. He's in total control. He hooks a bear hug. Rude says he's gassed and he's a breather. Bammer releases and pelts the drop kick and hits a chin lock while battering the cut. Joey says we're seeing Scott Charles Bamman Bigelow, a bloodthirsty beast in action. (laughs) Pitbull 2 breaks free and heats up with a flurry of strikes and a spin heel kick. Pitbull 2 slams Bigelow as the crowd fires up behind him. Pitbull 2 goes up top and gets a flying clothesline for two, clubs away, but Bigelow counters with a powerbomb. Heads up top. Pitbull 2 crotches Bigelow. Heads up, uh, but Francine ties up the ref. Douglas attacks Pitbull 2. Out comes Pitbull 1. He runs off Shane to the floor, beats on him as Bigelow hits the top row clothesline at Pitbull 2. Pitbull 2 comes back with a lariat and loads up a power slam, but Candido shows up. He hooks Pitbull to his leg, and Bigelow drives him down with a bulldog for the win. And a very angry crowd was not happy with that finish. <laughs> uh, fun power match here. There's good chaos around it, as always. The triple threat pays off uh, as a unit. Well done finish to get the gimmick over. And the Pitbulls are beatable and never lose heat anyway, even when they lose. So especially when they're getting screwed. Uh, they had good, pretty good crowd heat on this match as well. So I enjoyed it. It was a pretty good little opener, Jenny. Two and three quarters. Two and three quarters for me. I what do you think about Bam Bam and the Gray Flames? I like I it. Yeah, me too. I really like it. He he does look good. Um, I like his um, little Triple B logo. I don't know. And I've always liked um, Pitbull too in in a singles match. Like I remember him like having really great moments and like mm-hmm. being really um, entertained by him a lot of times. Um, in tags, but by himself too. Um, and they look kind of like brothers. They look kind of like cousins. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I don't know. I really dug this match. Uh, the bear hug might have went on a touch too long. 
Um, but still, it, it's a well-worked one, and Bigelow's huge, so um, it, it's believable, you know, that it's a crushing bear hug. Um, of course, you're going to get a, a, some run-ins and shit, um, but I did two and three quarters. I really liked it, Matt. So are you suggesting that he's Pit Bam too, or are you saying he's Bull Bull Bigelow? Which one is it? Oh, hmm. Both are terrible. Yep. Oh, I know they're terrible. That didn't stop me from saying it. <laughs> uh, I actually went three stars on this. I oh, wow. This was, I thought this was a super fun hoss fight. They're just mm-hmm. beating the hell out of each other. Pitbull 2 is bleeding. You got Bam Bam licking the blood off Pitbull's <laughs> head and spitting it out. Just, God, Pitbull was a fucking mess during this. Uh, I just think I just think it was a really fun match. Uh, Bam Bam looks fantastic. Like you said, he's slimmed down. He's in great shape. Uh, I am all in on ECW Bam Bam, and I'm looking forward yep. to see uh, where he is going. So three stars for me. Yeah, he looks great. I know we got the little tease like er- earlier this year or in 96 of him coming in, but didn't really stick. But I think now he's he's here for a bit. So we'll see how it plays out. All right, Styles and Rude set up our next match, and it's the bot- Battle of the Body Donnas as Chris Candido takes on Dr. Tom Pritchard. Dr. Thomas here, he's ditched the blonde hair, he's growing it back out, stops in to battle his old friend. Got a fun little back-and-forth stalemate to start into a good Tom powerbomb. Joey says, Candido's only 25 years old, and many see him as a guaranteed future world champion. Crazy how young he was still at this point. Candido slugs back, floats over a charge, but Tom flips onto him with a top rope, knocks him off the apron through a table on the floor. Pritchard follows out and chops away, knocks Candido outside. He lands in the opening of a chair. Pritchard pulls him back over, but Candido blocks a chair shot and hits one of his own to the back and into the head. Joe reminds us that Pritchard has been here before when he works with Jimmy Del Rey in tag action. Back outside, Candido comes off the top, but Pritchard throws a chair at him, gets back to work. Rude asks if, uh, says if Pritchard takes Candido out, maybe he can get a date with Sonny. Pritchard gets an enziguri for two. He slams Candido. Joey says McMahon must be smiling. And Rude says Vince is a millionaire and he can afford a good rug. And it is a good one. After break, Pritchard gets a top rope superplex for two. As Rude tells Joey, he has a Bruce Pritchard story to tell him later. Tom is all over Candido here. Interesting match structuring with Candido kind of working in the face roll. Pritchard goes up top and gets nailed. Candido finishes an awesome looking top rope powerbomb. Joey says Candido sent a message to everyone at Titan Tower with that win. Candido tells Pritchard to forget about Tammy and Bruce and thanks Tom for teaching him everything he knew eight years ago. And he says, Dr. Tom is back and they shake hands. A uh, pretty fun match. I thought it was a weird decision again if Candido work as a face. Uh, he gets a big pop at the finish. He kind of uses a respect thing with the triple threats really ramping up as heels. Candido's just grown so well though in ECW. He's a perfect fit. Uh, just come so far from the dying days of the Bidonis. Uh, Pritchard would be a pretty good guy to keep around, like, if they want to. He's a guy they could bump and sell and put guys over. So I think he'd be pretty good in this setting if they keep him here. I don't know if he stays around or not, but we'll see. Uh, so Jenny went two and three quarters on this as well. What was their history? They were tag partners? They were, yeah, they were the body Donnas and ODF. Body so okay. Tom Pritchard was zip with Skip. That's right. <laughs> uh it's it's interesting because like I like this match, but a lot of that didn't really come across like there it wasn't very heated at all. Like they work well together, they looks good, I like the match and it's well worked. I just it felt like they didn't feel like they knew each other at all. I don't know if if that's weird or not. Like um I don't know, I I, I knew they had the history. I wasn't sure, but were 
I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Anyway, I just feel like it was missing something, especially for two people who have known each other for a, a while and have been tag partners. Um, but, and then I've been thinking for weeks that Candido reminds me of somebody and I could never place it. And then today I decided that it was Dino Bravo. Um, I think he looks Little like, boy. yeah, just physically looks like him, like, like a smaller version of him. <laughs> Much um, smaller. Yeah. And, uh, so I kept thinking about that as well. So I, I, two and a half on this match and I did like the, um, the finish and the bromo at the end, Matt. I mean, now that I think about it, you kind of just blew my mind. There, there it is d- a lot of a lot Google of Google Dino Bravo. Just uh, yeah, it's not so much the look; it's the fact that they both died in horrific ways. Oh, or that, <laughs> or so, more so me, than the look. Okay. But look, that's how my mind works. I do apologize, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I enjoyed this match too. I, I thought it was really fun back and forth stuff. Kind of cool to see a, a WWF tag team face each other in another company. And I, I think you could kind of tell that these guys worked with each other for a while. Maybe not necessarily like with Heat or anything like that, but it feel like they they knew what each other, what other each uh, guy was gonna do. So I, I think because of that, it really worked. Uh, Candido took some nasty bumps during that match. Uh, the spill through the table, I thought in particular, looked rough. Uh, the superplex looked great. And I, I love the, the super bomb by Candido. I think that's just such a great looking finishing move. And uh, Dr. Tom took it really well. So uh, fun match here. I went two and three quarter. All right, back to the ring we go for tag team action. This Tommy Dreamer and Sandman take on Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Fonzie lands out, uh, leads out RVD and Sabu to boost. Just really good heat and just such a good, well-told angle here. Beulah leads out Tommy and Sandman. They stereo chug beers and smash the cans. Always feels like the extreme mega powers when they come together for a big match. It's kind of cool. Uh, long entrance, as Joey says, this is Tommy's first arena appearance since ending his war with Raven, who left behind a puddle that wears tights and a crown. After heavy introductions, we get uh, finally get going. RVD says being suspended from ECW didn't mean shit because he's getting paid now anyway. Joey says that RAF is paying him for being a hot commodity during the war. Joey reminds us about Dreamer and Sabu debuted on the same night, October 1st, 1993. Sam and Tommy chug another beer. They spit it at RVD and Sabu. And then Beulah does the same to Fonzie. After the break, Sabu and Tommy start things off. It's a mat work, early trading of holds. Sabu misses a lariat. Tommy gets a side leg sweep, sending Sabu over the... Uh, over to tag out. Sandman tags in as well. We reset with a pretty fresh matchup. Joey and Rude joke about Rude's past uh, uh, managers making fun at uh, kind of a fun shot of Heyman. Sandman attacks RVD but walks into a Sabu forearm, turns back into an RVD spin kick. Sandman rolls RVD up for two, then hits a clothesline that spills into all four men brawling. RVD and Sabu hit a rolling thunder slingshot leg drop combo into a chair, and then Sandman on Sandman, and then hits stereo sliding drop kicks onto Tommy. They line up Dreamer and Sandman and try stereo top with splashes, but come up empty. Tommy and Dreamer repeat the stereo move on Sabu, and Rue calls it the Rolling Rock, and they do the same to RVD. RVD and Sabu get dumped outside, and Sandman flies over the plancha. Then Tommy barrels into all three of them with a slingshot plancha. Sabu comes back with a low drop kick on Tommy as RVD works over Sandman on the floor. Tommy comes back with a low blow, tries a DDT, but Sabu blocks, dumps Tommy to the floor. Meets him with a slingshot somersault plancha. Sandman and RVD come back in, and Sandman's all over him. Puts RVD on the top rope, but RVD shoves him off, meets him with a leaping sidekick. 
Tommy's back in and loads and goes low to block a split-legged sunset flip. Tommy gets his leg taken out again as RVD slugs away and throws a chair at Tommy, but Tommy catches it, throws it back at RVD. Sabu then nails Tommy with a chair, but Sandman comes in and bashes Sabu with a chair as well to knock him to the floor. Sandman slings Sabu back in. The ref checks on him, but Sandman flies in with a slingshot leg drop that hits the ref and Sabu. Another ref comes out. Sabu kicks out. Outside, RVD ends up in the fans. Tommy flies into him while Sabu gets to at a power slam. Sabu gets a springboard right onto Sandman, taking him off the top. RVD and Tommy return. They crotch Tommy on the top rope. RVD tries a springing sidekick, but now he hits the ref. Sandman snaps off DDTs on RVD and Sabu. Todd Gordon comes in and starts to count, but Fonzie stops him. Sabu hits Tommy with a chair, and RVD bashes Gordon with one. Fonzie puts Gordon on a table on the floor, and Sabu crushes him with a leg drop in a sixth spot. Tommy and Sandman hit stereo baseball slides. We all go back inside. Tommy and Sandman hit double DDTs. They load up stereo pile drivers, but the lights go out. When they come back, Jerry Lawler's in the ring. He's reversed the momentum. RVD and Sabu hit pancakes on both Tommy and Sandman to counter. King smashes Tommy with a chair, and all three leave as all three leave Sandman and Dreamer laid out. Sandman and Tommy battle back. They hang Sabu and RVD in the tree of woe. They hit stereo baseball slide chair kicks as King argues with the fans. Tommy comes over and grabs King and hooks a DDT so Sandman can cane him. But Sandman decides to chug a beer first, and the lights go out. When they come back on, Jim Cornette is in the ring. He smacks Dreamer with the tennis racket. King now hits a DDT. Complete madness in the arena as Cornette and King hug. Cornette flips off the crowd. RVD, Sabu, and King lay waste. RVD and Sabu both cover. We get a three count for the win. The whistle blows from Fonzie as the beating continues. The trash is piling up in the ring now. King crushes Tommy in the nuts with the cane. Cornette batters him with the loud racket shots. It's really loud shots. The five men fend off anyone trying to save, and Joey says it's the darkest day in the history of ECW as we fade out on the insanity. Uh, The match was really fun. It had a wild vibe, a controlled car wreck with great brawling and high spots. All four guys came to play. The heat was nonstop, both during and after the match. This angle has been amazing, uh, the way they built up RVD and Sabu. And then Lawler, and now Cornette, who's also known to hate this kind of stuff. It hates Heyman, so that's all really good. Um... The scene at the end was peak heat perfection. Again, Cornette's like Lawler, a guy that'll play ball for the right reasons. Just a great watch, Matt. I went three and a half of the match, but the whole scene is just great. This is incredible stuff. I mean, the match itself was really good. You know, all the double team moves I thought were fantastic. Uh, just uh, everything about it, really. It, it was a bit sloppy at points, par for the course with a Sandman uh, match, but it, it did work. And uh, yeah, I, I thought the match itself was great. Uh, Todd Gordon is deceased. He, he's no longer with us <laughs> after that fucking table bump. Good God, Sabu fucking kills him. Holy God. <laughs> like, like he bent him in half the wrong way. That's not how a human body's supposed to go. Uh, good Lord. Uh, just absolutely brutal. Uh, I So I knew Jerry Lawler was coming in, full disclosure. I forgot that Jim Cornette came in too. So I was uh, quite shocked when fucking Cornette was in the ring and he just fucking crushes Lawler with the tennis racket. Uh, multiple times, in fact. I mean, you get the fans pelting the ring with garbage. You just get insane heat, uh, p- pretty close if not rival, uh, the same as like the Lawler stuff. I mean, it's just uh, the heat is unreal for this stuff, for this uh, 
this whole angle and it's just incredible to watch just everything we were calling for something like this when they were kind of spinning their wheels post barely legal and yeah this has given an adrenaline shot (laughs) to the promotion so uh i went three and a quarter on the match but the post match stuff uh the end of the match stuff is uh unreal stuff jenny yeah i did three and three quarters like it was it was wild Mm -hmm. um but why why do we have to always turn the lights out? <laughs> uh, that would be my only complaint. Like, I don't know. It's just a thing. It's just this. Yeah. You know, you know, big shit's going down. Ever since Sabu made his return and they did it, it's like you just. Right. It's just kind of what they do. Yeah. Okay. It, all right. Um. I don't hate it. It's just you know. Mm. Um. I I like um Dreamer and Sandman together. I like um. How freaking versatile Sandman is. You can put him like anything. Like mm-hmm. he just does everything all the time. Um, and you can put him in something like this, which is just like chaos. And he, he just adds to it so well. Um, but I, we were like deep in Sandman storyline for a long while. And it was personal with Laurie and his son and stuff. And this is, um, I guess... A little bit less, you know, it's a little bit more wrestling based and more uh, less of the um, personal drama base, um, which I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I would like to get to back to some of that stuff with Sandman. Um, but I really liked all these um, these guys coming in and just trashing everybody. Um, I was not expecting Cornette either. And um, RIP to Tommy Dreamer's balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Um, that was, that was probably one of the roughest things I've ever seen on the ECW. Well, we'll, we'll hear more about them, but yeah. I'm pretty sure he was legit really fucked up, right, Matt? Do you remember that story? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, they he's really legit. did swell and everything and. Oh yeah. Yeah. He really got him good. Yeah, he did. Um, so I, I don't think Tommy might, might have been as enthused, uh, for the, <laughs> for the run-ins as we were. Oh, I don't know. Uh, well, true. Um. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see how far Tommy takes his love of pain. And suicide. Yeah. All right, let's get to our awards in this one. Best match was that tag main yeah. event. Worst match, I mean, I went Candido Pritchard, but like it was still really good. So we're yeah. on a little bit of a roll here match wise on these yeah. on these episodes. The last couple last couple shows, like we haven't had the usual okay. you know yeah. Hack Myers one star special. You know, we haven't had like any of that. So corporal punishment. Yeah, yeah. Uh best moment, I went with Sabu putting Gordon through the table, but also Beulah spitting the bear in Fonzie's face was great too. Oh, that was super great. I didn't mention that. Yeah, I'm going with that. Oh, I gotta go with Sabu fucking killing Todd Gordon. Good lord. Most nineties that with the Battle of the Body Donnas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh Jim Cornette. Yes, yeah, Cornette. Cornette. He's more like 80s. But 80s yeah, yeah, 80s. Uh, stock Rising, I went Triple Threat. I went Dr. Tom, who looked great. Uh, Dreamer and Sandman, RVD and Sabu, King, all of them. Everybody. Everyone. So everybody, yep. <laughs> stock Falling, I, I did go Pitbulls on Stock Falling, because they feel, they feel like, like so disconnected from everything going on right now. It's weird. Right. Um, it, feel, it feels like ECW has kind of passed them by. Yeah, it's odd. Uh, and then Gordon. <laughs> oh, Barry. I, I don't know. I, uh, I got I got feelings about the pit bulls, but maybe it's just my um <laughs> my clinginess. 
It's tough. They've yeah. been with us since the start. All right, final grade. I went seven and a half out of ten. Just another. We're just on a real heater right now. <laughs> it's just another great episode. You had the the tag was awesome. The Cornet Lawler attack was awesome. Candido Pritchard was really good. Just so much good stuff here. Yeah, I did seven and a half. Yep, I'm with you. Seven and a half. We are on quite the roll here. I mean, the triple threat's been great, and they're like fourth yeah. from the top right now. Right. We don't even have Taz on this fucking show. <laughs> like, right. you know, it's like there's so much good stuff right now. All right, let's fast forward a week to July 8th, 1997. We open with highlights from Wrestlepalooza the past two weeks as well to show the evolution of this red-hot feud that involves Dreamer, Sandman, RVD, Sabu, Fonzie, Lawler, Cornette. Joey and Rick Rude cut in from the nest. They're in the recap. They take shots at Jerry Lawler. We get our opening animation. Joey and Rude are then in the nest. They reveal that Hardcore Heaven will go down on August 17th from Fort Lauderdale at the War Memorial. Pretty big move here, going to Fort Lauderdale for the pay-per-view. Not in the arena. Uh, they hype that up a bit. Rude makes his usual sex jokes to rattle Joey, who says they're now in 70 million homes and back on the Sunshine Network. But Rude just makes another condom joke. Norris says, please, like, <laughs> chill out. Joey says that after the attack, Tommy was hospitalized, Sandman was on a stretcher, and Taz has a message uh, for the Titan Tower visitors to come in a bit. Jerry Lawler pops in from the DF Studios. He says he's the ECW exposing crappy wrestlers. And that's what he's doing to Dreamer and Sandman, showing them that they're nothing. He came into the backyard of Jim Cornette, the only man that Paul hates more than the king, and left him laying. He took Sandman's stick, hit Tommy in the nuts, sent him to the hospital where he had his testicles worked on. But King says Tommy has no balls anyway, so it must be a lie. And if he did go, it would be to see a gynecologist. <laughs> Sandman better get real drunk to not feel what King does. ECW sucks. Uh, Jenny, what did you think of uh, Rude and Joey and then this King promo? I love Rude and Joey. Um, a new low, according to Joey, um, from last week. Um, I can't blame him for saying that because when, when Jerry Lawler is like cutting you to shreds in a promo because you had to have your balls drained by a huge needle, that's a new low. Uh, mm-hmm. but Jerry does it super well. Um, I sort of want all the shows to be in the arena but interested in the florida aspect because things usually go nuts when we're in florida <laughs> well say so it's funny because you don't think of it immediately as like a ecw spot but that was one of the first places it they was. traveled if you remember mm-hmm. way back when and like 95 they went there um early 95 so yeah that was definitely one of their outside of like philly new york i mean that was mm-hmm. really their first venturing out so and then we got all those promos on the beaches and <laughs> looking forward to more of that. Uh, Lawler's been fucking killing it. <laughs> He's yep. just, he, he is on like a run that I didn't think he was capable of at this point in time, given what he does in the WWF. I mean, just the lines he's saying, like he, he'd have his testicles worked on, but he knows that's a lie because he doesn't have balls. Like it just, mm-hmm. he's, he's doing one liners, but he's also making sense with his promos. Like he's not doing the, the schlocky one liners that he does. Like when he's on commentary or something, mm-hmm. he's doing one liners that go for the fucking throat and it's working and it's fantastic. So uh, uh, kudos to him. I, I hope he keeps it up. Because man, he has been entertaining, which I can't believe I'm saying about Jerry fucking Lawler. But here it's been go. great. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the perfect uh, rival for ECW. He's just right, you know, perfect. 
All right, to the ring we go is Taz takes on Luis Piccoli. This match is outside with the Jersey Shore Beach Party in Belmar at the Bar A. Awesome looking vibe. We're basically in a parking lot behind the bar. Uh, <laughs> Taz looks pissed off as always. Louis grabs the mic and throws up the click signal, but Taz warns him he'll show why he'll show Louis why the Ultimate Fighters fear Taz. Louis tells him to take five pills and he'll play Louis like a flute. Uh, or Taz tells him to. Rude wants the pills, said he wants the pills. Taz says he guarantees he can choke Louie out one minute. If he doesn't, Louie gets the belt. Louie accepts only if it's 45 seconds, and Taz says, fuck it, we'll do 30 seconds. Louie attacks at the belly, whips Taz with his title, but Taz shrugs it off, powers up, counters the DVD, hooks the Taz mission, and Louie taps with three seconds left. Uh, again, really well done. Taz tells Louie that was too sweet, throws up the click symbol. Just a complete machine right now. Louie was dumb for trying the DVD, but that's on brand. Should just fucking hit in the corner for 30 seconds. Um, so one star for this. Uh, just a quick squash, Jenny, to remind us that Taz is a badass. Yeah, we. I don't know that we needed any reminder, but I did enjoy this for what it was. <laughs> like, I guess, because it feels like we're back to this Taz thing again. You know, like, just like these squash matches, like, because he's, he's a champ now. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I don't know if we're going to get many more great matches out of Taz, or are we just going to do this his whole title reign, Matt? Yeah, I, I went one star on it, too. I, I think this whole, you know, Taz winning and matches with a one-minute time limit actually actually makes him look more like a badass, that he can just fucking destroy everybody in, like, 45 seconds. So I, I think it works. I'm not saying I want to see this all the time out of Taz, but if they do it, like, you know, like, once a month or so on, an, mm-hmm. on a random episode of Hardcore TV, I'm fine with it. So, yeah, I went one star on it. Joey Rude check in. They say we'll see more of Taz later. Rude says if certain folks don't watch, the JF may be torched. Joey says many think Taz went too far in the incident that we're going to see. Taz is backstage. He says he has a great match with Cronus at the ECW Arena, a guy that's traveled and trained with. He choked him out, but it wasn't enough because people didn't leave talking about the match or the hard work of the wrestlers. Instead, they were talking Lawler and Cornette invading, and he's so sick of RVD and Sabu. He doesn't care about it, and now it's ruining his life. Instead of training, he's stuck watching JF TV to see which co-workers are starting feuds, jumping railings, or doing commentary, and he turns the camera on Heyman. He says, what are you doing? Taz asks if Heyman wants to be a TV star. He's going to make up his mind. Taz tells Vince that he has a message for him later tonight, direct from Taz, man to pussy, as he sits in his lavish office with jabronis telling his fat ass that Taz is a jerk. Those are the same jabronis that Taz mugged on Coney Island, along with their fat wives and kids. He choked out Sabu twice, and he tells Vince to ask Sabu and RVD what Taz is about. More fire from Taz, Matt. I feel like we have seen Taz have, uh, and he's always had a personality, Mm -hmm. but I feel like we're seeing him evolve into more of this, like, more than just like a wrestling cyborg (laughs) type of gimmick. We're seeing him show a bit more personality with, like, he has like a swagger to him that I feel like he didn't have uh, before. And I, I think it works for him. Like, he calls himself the biggest asshole in the industry at one point, and I think that's such a perfect way to describe him because he is—he's he, fantastic, but he mm-hmm. is an asshole. So let's be real. I love how he—I uh, love how he shows Paulie, turns the camera, <laughs> and then <laughs> has a message for Vince later tonight. Man to pussy. Like I—I I feel like that stuff Taz wouldn't say like a year mm-hmm. ago. You know. Yeah, so right. I, I've been enjoying the hell out of that, and I—it's I, making a guy who I love I loved prior to this in Taz uh, even more enjoyable for me. So yeah, more fantastic stuff from Taz, Jenny. 
I would agree. I think Taz is also surprised by uh, his own fire. Um, I think he <laughs> feels like he didn't know he would be doing this. You know, it's like all of a sudden all this means a lot more because he was very and he's still selfish, but it's like a weird it has a weird depth to it now. Like, yeah, I only care about me. I only trust me, but also I'm calling out everybody else, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked the Paul moment. That was good. Um, still more great stuff from Taz. All right, Joey and Rude talk more about Dreamer and his nuts getting wrecked. Rude says Laura's a fucking bitch and he won't show up on pay-per-view. And Dreamer will kick his ass if he does. Rude says King sucks and he's just all worked up over this. Just super heated about this. <laughs> this was awesome. To the ring we go is Spike Dudley and Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah. I've seen him in a minute. Take on PG-13 uh, <laughs> in the house. They strut out. Great addition here. It'd be cool if they stick around, mm-hmm. of course, uh, for Memphis. And they were at the Nation of Domination, the WF for a bit. And now they pop up here, JC Ice and Wolfie D. Uh, we'll see if they stick. And, of course, uh, Jenny, JC Ice. Uh, or I always get confused which is which. One of them is Slash from TNA that we enjoy. Do you remember? Which one is it, Matt? I always get them confused. I didn't know that. Really? Uh, you didn't know that? No. I kept thinking that. I was looking at the one. I'm like, this is somebody. And then I never looked it up. I always forget if it's J.C. Ice or, uh, let me see, Wolfie D. J.C. Ice is Jamie Dundee, so he's Bill Dundee's. Yeah, that I knew. Kid. Um. Yeah, it's it's not him. It's uh, it's the other Wolfie D. Wolfie D. Huh. Slash. Yeah. Wow. Really, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. He is Slash. Quite the change in gimmick for sure. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Huh. Uh, all right, Joey takes a shot at Memphis as they come out. Loud chance for Mikey, I guess, always without a direction. Uh, good heat for PG-13 due to the Memphis stuff. Sharp to use them here. They rile up the fans. Wolfie starts us off by tossing Spike around. Spike comes back with a flurry. We clip ahead to Spike hitting a Pescado to PG-13 on the floor, but they catch him, so Mikey barrels into all of them with a somersault plancha. We clip ahead again. Mikey hoists JC up by the balls, lifts him and slams him. JC gets the mic and complains in a high-pitched voice. That gets some laughs. Mikey and Spike clean up PG-13 for the ring. They start arguing as the crowd cheers. We clip again as Wolfie slugs JC by mistake, allowing Mikey to grab him and work the arm. Spike and Mikey take turns working over Wolf, Wolfie and keeping him off balance, but JC's able to hot shot Spike across the top to block a monkey flip. That turns the tide. PG-13 work on Spike. Wolfie has a great spot where he dives Spike Dry spike into the middle buckle with a Rana. We clip ahead again to all four brawling. JC grabs a hubcap. Mikey ducks and he smacks Wolfie with it by accident. Mikey smashes both with the hubcap and follows outside, then back in. But someone is under the ring and hooks Mikey's leg, and that allows PG-13 to finish Spike with a kick to the nuts and a tilt world splash. Mikey escapes, and we see Jason emerge from under the ring. Who haven't seen ever. Jason is back. Mikey's bleeding, uh, but he and Spike clean Jason out. Uh, but Jason hugs PG-13. Uh, fine tag. The clipping didn't really get the flow, but the story's clear. PG-13 is part of this EC- anti-ECW movement on behalf of Memphis. There's a syndicate working perhaps with them with Jason. Uh, Joey's not happy to see Jason. He's getting his hives again. <laughs> funny funny callback for that. Uh, so Jenny went two stars for this. Um, I, I like PG-13. Uh, so I think it'll be fun if they stick around, especially with all the Memphis versus ECW stuff going on right now. So, um, and then Jason. Jason's back. Yes, PG-13 won me over pretty quickly. Like, mm. it, it's fun. Like, it's a, 
you know, they, they're they a little over the top, very Memphis-y, <laughs> as you said. Um, and uh, Rick Rude, once again, coins another phrase for me, uh, Spike and Mike, uh, for my favorite new tag team here, <laughs> Mikey and Spike, who I really like uh, from the last time, uh, from a couple of our last episodes. Um, it's good to see Mikey again, of course. And just when I was feeling very wispy for some old school ECW, Raven's gone, you know, we've lost a lot of people, Saturn. Jason comes back just to fill that little spot in my heart. So I popped. We haven't seen him in forever. He looks good. Uh, so I am super curious what he does going forward. Um, the match was at two and a quarter for me. And then when I saw Jason, I went to two and a half. Matt. <laughs> I went two and a half on the match too. Uh, uh, listen what I'm saying. It, it's for real, not playing. Uh, P- PG-13 is here. I, I, I've always been a big fan of pg-13 uh lawler getting them books for ecw is something and like mm-hmm. you I, I i hope they stick around because i've always found them to be uh wildly entertaining uh especially against the team like uh mikey and uh spike here i i think mikey and spike work really well together like just you, we've been saying it ad nauseum for what feels like a year and a half on this show they've haven't found anything for Mikey to do. Just keep him paired with Spike for a while and have them go after the tag titles. Like, especially now with the Dudleys being the tag champs, you got a few yes. right there. Spike going after the Dudleys. It uh, makes perfect sense to me. So I, I think that would make sense. But yeah, the, the match was clipped and I think the clipping hurt it a little bit, but I, I think what we saw here was a uh, pretty entertaining stuff. Uh, I, I've always enjoyed uh, the hubcap being used as a weapon. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoy that. It, it just, it makes a nice crack when you hit it. It's kind of like it a door. It's kind of like a door in GCW It makes that same kind of like noise, but I, I just think it works. Uh, Jason has returned. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Like, is he going to be with PG 13 uh, forever? Is he going to manage them? We'll see, but uh, yeah, fun stuff here. So two and a half for me. We'll see if uh, Pitbull eats his face again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we go uh, back to a trip to a time to October 19th, 1993 with an interview with Manny in the house. Holy so, shit. Throwback night. Uh, him and Jason, a pretty fun trip through time. Rude and Joey in the nest. Joey's itching and stripping and ranting about Jason. <laughs> Rude's trying to figure out the puzzle. He doesn't know what's going on. He wonders if Joey has crabs. Crabs? Oh my god. <laughs> Joey was brilliant i was dying i was dying and then rude is just like just dazed by this whole thing it's very (laughs) out of character for joey and then his only response you got the crabs (laughs) 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 fucking died i don't know why it's very immature but it was very funny to me like a four-year-old toddler's temper tantrum just i hate him i hate him i hate him he does All right, back to the ring as the Lance Storm takes on Tracy Smothers. Fun little match on paper. Storm's building his resume. We ease into a start with Smothers stalling and conferring with Tommy Rich and little Guido at ringside. After some holds and counters, Storm heats up, but Smothers bails out to kill the flow. We clip ahead to Storm hitting a springboard clothesline for two. Storm cranks a side headlock, slides outside, and slugs Rich and Guido. But that allows Smothers to baseball side dropkick him to the railing. 
Guido and Rich crotch him on it and pummel him. Back inside, Smothers hits a single leg drop kick. We clip to a chin lock. The crowd chant's boring. His storm battles back, hits a forearm and a springboard drop kick for two. Storm follows with a handspring splash into a Northern Lights bridge for two. Storm goes up top and dives into Rich and Guido on the floor to a pop, then goes up and misses a cross body, and Smothers cradles him for two. Storm Smothers uh, rolls up Smothers for two, but eats a hard clothesline. Smothers shoots Storm to the corner, leaps up to the top rope, and flies off with a back elbow for the win. Pretty fine little TV match. A little slow in spots, but on point. We got some good FBI involvement and a nice showcase for Storm, who's super fast and crisp, and the finish was really good, too. Uh, solid stuff as he continues to grow his resume, Maddie. In the yeah. house. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. I went two and a half on it. It it, it was fine. It was a, a fairly standard TV match, like you said. Uh, slow start to it, but I, I did think it picked up. Uh, Lance Storm needs to do something with that hair, like immediately. Yep. He, it just it looks fucking awful. Just just keep the top, keep the sides, but get rid of the rat tail or mm-hmm. whatever the hell you want to call it. It's just it looks hideous. It looks so bad. And uh, also, there was a guy in the front row I noticed wearing a shirt of the tick cartoon so that popped to me because i was a huge fan of that cartoon as a child so uh two and a half for me jenny um no italian lesson of the week for little guido parents fbi is here and that means it's time for our italian lesson of the week You guys ready? Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. It's a phrase. Gran disgraziato. Oh, boy. Gran disgraziato. Gran disgraziato. Ron, did you go to school with this guy? Ron disgraziato? <laughs> Stop it, Ron. Stop. Stop it. Gran disgraziato. It's great. Gron is a big, big disgrace. Oh. Big disgrace. You think they should have used the Queen should have used that version and uh <laughs> <laughs> would make the rhyming a lot more difficult. It would. In your face, Grand Disgato. <laughs> I mean it's very eclectic, so it might have worked, but kicking your culo all over the place. <laughs> Well, I'm glad uh, we didn't miss that lesson. We definitely Never. needed right. needed to know that for sure. Say hi to um, Ron for me. Yeah. Stop. So the crowd was chanting, "Where's my pizza?" Um, was that because Lance Storm had pieces on his um, tights, like, or was that for the FBI? I think it's mocking Italians. Ah, uh, okay. Um, this was all right. I did two and a half. Yeah, I think y'all. <laughs> hit the high points on this one um Lance Storm did look good though very quick agile you know enjoy watching him and Smothers I thought looks great as well so um nice little match two and a half Joey and Rude talk about everyone in the locker room angling for a big spot of the pay-per-view we then go back to August of 1994 where Tommy Dreamer took a cane lashing from Sandman and Woman pretty good use of historical clips this week to mm-hmm. kind of tell the story Joey and Ruder in the nest, they talk about Tommy's pain tolerance, but that Waller Kane shot may have ended that vibe for him. Uh, <laughs> he had to have his balls drained of fluid. So we'll see how oh. Tommy rebounds. 
Beulah's in the back. She says she's seen Tommy experience a lot of pain before. He's limped into buildings. He's been thrown down bleachers, thrown off the highest point in the arena. He's gotten stitches in his head. But this time was different. She heard him screaming in pain like never before. She's with Tommy every single day and sees his pain. And she doesn't see him maybe making it back this time. But she knows he probably will. And that troubles her even more. Also, Lawler, because Payback is a total bitch, Lawler's going to be a lot of pain as well. So this is a pretty good promo from Beulah Matt. Uh, you know, she doesn't usually talk a lot. It's pretty straightforward and just conveying to us just how badly Dreamer was hurt. Right. Uh, fairly standard stuff from her. Uh, if anybody would know that uh, that Dreamer is really hurting this time, it would be mm-hmm. her. Especially when you think about, like she said, all the stuff that has happened to Dreamer, you know, taking yep. two-story falls and all that shit. So I, I thought that was a nice touch. And it, it puts over just how brutal the segment was uh, in storyline and in real life. So I thought this was uh, well done from Beulah, Jenny. Yeah, she. I thought she nailed it on this. She was really good. Like she didn't falter. Like she was intense. It was. It was really good on her part. I did like the the old school clip from '94, um, showing us uh, just how much Tommy likes pain. But mm-hmm. uh, I. I don't know. You guys ever had to have your balls drained before? I don't know. I feel like that. Not, not that way. Not balls. Well, nope. No. Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> I wonder how big the needle. Any, anyway, it's fine. Mm. Um, I bet it gets very long. Is my guess. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably so. All right. We wrap up with Taz in the ring. He tells a fan to take off his fifteen dollars dirty of raw shirt. All the fans, uh, off all, the, or the fans will rip it off for him. We cut backstage where Tommy's being stretched to an ambulance. Taz is still barking at the fan to take the shirt off. We keep alternating between Tommy getting loaded in the ambulance and treated as Taz is berating the fan. Taz says he has all night and a lot of balls. The fan finally takes the shirt off and gives it to Taz. Taz puts it on a chair and lights it on fire to send a message to the WWF. Jenny, thoughts on our final segment? That was weird at the end with all the cutting back and forth to (laughs) from Mm -hmm. Taz to Tommy. Like, well, I'm guessing the Taz thing happened on the show right after Tommy got attacked. So I think it's meant to be like Taz. Yeah, he's like looking for revenge now, I guess, on WDF, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It was just weirdly done. Um, but I did like the image of the shirt on fire at the end in the ring. That was that was pretty good. Uh, Taz um, is mean in business. I, I like the segment overall, but I did think it was weird that it was Taz who did this, mm. considering he said that he wants no part of this whole WWF shit. So I, I thought that was kind of weird, but maybe it's a thing where he's just got so sick and tired of hear, hearing about. Yeah, he, I think he earlier decided. he kind of said that, right? He's yeah. kind of yeah. like, I'm sick of it. And he's sick of them talking shit. He's going to send a message. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, I guess he kind of hinted at it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, the visual of the the shirt on fire was very cool. And uh, now look, uh, I'm an idiot, but <laughs> even I know you don't wear a WWF shirt to the <laughs> yeah. ECW arena when you're doing a, a rivalry between WWF and ECW. The worst, uh, the only thing you could do worse than that is if you wear a WCW shirt in the <laughs> ECW true. arena. So yeah, to that fan, uh, you dumbass. Had it coming. All right, awards, uh, best match, I guess, was Storm and Smothers. Um, I'd go with PG-13. Yeah, I would, mm. too. Worst match, I had Taz and Spicoli. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Best moment, I went with Taz burning the shirt. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it's either that for me or Lawler's promo. The Lawler one, yeah. I don't know. The shirt is good, though. Most 90s, I went with Jersey Shore parking lot wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the raw shirt and the, the shirt. tick and the tick shirt. Yeah, the tick, yeah. Uh, stock rising. I went Taz and PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. I mean uh, Lawler too. I mean, Lawler. I mean, he's he's pretty high as it is, but he just keeps going higher. So Jason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stock falling. I went Spicoli, Spike Dudley, who had a tough night, and Lance Storm's hair. <laughs> yes. Yeah, his hair needs to fall to the ground because he cut it off. <laughs> Uh, final grade, I thought this was actually our, over the last couple of weeks, probably the worst episode we've had. Uh, still pretty good. Just, you know, it was definitely a step down. We didn't get, like, the real hot stuff we've had. It was more of a follow-up coda to the last one. So I went five and a half out of ten. I'm right there with you. Five and a half. I did six. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap things up. July 15th, 1997. Shane Douglas and Francine are in bathing suits. They're at the beach. Mm. Shane says he's fearless with Francine behind him. He'll swim at sharks. He'll go where most men won't. Taz talks about how tough he is and most men are afraid to face him, but Shane wasn't. He faced Taz one-on-one, but Shane played a mind game. Taz thinks he won, but he played the mental test game half prepared and lost because Francine and Shane got tired of carrying around a fake gold plate. So he made a plan because he manipulates people to ensure he didn't lose and he felt like losing the title. So he walked the aisle with Taz and tapped out and did the job and took the fall. He could have taken the easy way out like Mike Tyson and bit his ear, but he wanted to be relieved of the copper gold plating. So he bequeathed the TV title to Taz. They want the real 16 pounds of gold, the gold that Funk has and what he and Francine want. When they slip between the sheets at night, something's been missing from the wild, sweaty, good time. The world champion written backwards on Francine's stomach. He took a three-year vacation from his title. He let Funk, he let Scotty, Mikey, and Sam hold it for a while, but nobody blazed the trail like he did. He tapped to uh, dump the TV title because he's coming for Funk, and after he takes a swim, he's a man driven by perspiration, athleticism, history, and a great woman, and he will see old man Funk around. This is a pretty good promo. Uh, it's a good way to transition to the new quest, but it's also the typical Shane delusion, uh, trying to explain away why he lost to Taz. Oh, yeah, this was my plan. I did it on purpose, like <laughs> typical Shane. Uh, but it's also a good way to him to announce his next quest, which is the world title. Matt, yeah. think of, or Jenny, either way. No, no yeah, I, I was definitely reminded of, of old school Shane during this promo. I didn't hate it, you know. Whatever you got to tell yourself, bro, was what I said. Um, <laughs> pretty sure that's not what happened, but okay. Uh, I like that he believes it. Um, Francine looks amazing. Um, I did like that he said, you know, uh, when he shifts over to the world title, um, that, it, you know, he had it originally, and he just let all the other title holders uh, borrow it, and then he names everybody. I really, I thought that was a nice touch. Um, so I enjoyed this, Matt. Right. Terry Funk is the world champion. That's right. right. I, I, I forgot that, you see, because it's been so fucking long since his name has been mentioned on TV. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I thought this was your standard, uh, very good Shane promo. Uh, I, I do think it's time for Shane to go for the world title. Like he's had the TV mm-hmm. title 
for a year. It's and he's been great at it, but it's definitely time for him to go to the next level and go to the for the world title. It's a good time to do it. I mean, look, who the hell else is Terry Funk gonna face? Everybody else is busy. So and Shane Shane is kind of not a part of this whole WWF war. So it makes sense to have Shane jump up and challenge for the uh, for the world title. So yeah, and uh, also good lord, Francine. Yeah, good lord indeed. Uh, she's gonna work him. All right, Joey Rude, welcome us into the nest in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Confirm yes. Shane Douglas will challenge Funk at Hardcore Heaven, so that match is now set. Joey says they have a lot of history. We get some clips of their past interactions dating back to 1994. Also on pay-per-view, we have Sandman versus Sabu for the first time ever, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. The Dullies will defend the titles as well, and as announced on Prodigy, Rude says after Heat Wave, the Dullies may not even be champions. And they run down tonight's card, so a lot going on there. Uh, but here we're at. Joey and Rude are in the nest. They talk about the Blue World Order and the New World Order, and Rude is tired of talking about it. Joey says the BWO is on the ropes, and a win tonight for Nova could maybe save the group. We haven't heard about the BWO in a while. No. no. And that match is Nova taking on Taz. Outcome the BWO, Nova's Gamini and the Inchworm Rodman with him. A uh, chance to save the group with a title win. Taz marches out his usual intensity, grabs the mic after intros, asks Nova where the missing BWO member is. And he says Raven needed someone to carry his bags and drive him around and wipe his ass. And that's where that big pussy, Big Stevie Cool is, an ass wiper and a pussy that belongs to WCW. And these buffoons that are left are going to get a wrestling lesson. Nova gets a free shot, and then Taz will end and terminate the BWO. Nova attacks Taz with his back turned, but it's just a weak drop kick. Taz shrugs it off and murders him with a clothesline, stomps away. As Rude says, Raven and Stevie are safer than their friends are right now. Taz dodges the leaf frog and crunches Nova with a released German, finishes him by choking him out to a pop. Taz does a release, so the interim comes in, yells at him. Taz releases and just smacks him across the face. <laughs> Rodman hooks up, which is great, uh, but Taz breaks him with a nasty T-bone and chokes him out. Meanie comes in, he just takes off his BDO shirt, wipes his ass and leaves. Smart man. Uh, another squash. Taz, just an angry monster. Unbeatable, flawless in the ring. A machine who delivers on everything he says. Sad to see the BWO fading already. But man, what an amazing shooting star it was while it lasted. But it's it's for all intents and purposes. It's dead. And these poor guys are going to have to find something else to cling to. So I went one star uh, for the death of the BWO. Uh, Matt, what'd you think? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I went a star on it. Uh, I can watch Taz kill people all day. I'm pretty sure I've said that on this show before. But I feel like he extra killed uh, mm-hmm. Nova. The Lariat was nasty. The German suplex was nasty. Maybe Taz killed him that badly because uh, Nova's ring attire was extra awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, it looked very, like, Northeast indie or, like, very, like, wrestler in bad movie <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. it looked terrible it was just i don't know what the hell he was thinking it just looked so bad but uh uh yes uh taz kills yet another man and then uh chokes out uh the fake dennis rodman so <laughs> that slap to rodman was great it was brutal it was so great so uh one star for me jenny uh, I just did the half a star. Uh, I like uh, the use of the word buffoons um, by Taz. <laughs> Always like to hear that one. When did Rodman join the BWO? Did I miss that? I feel like he's been there on and off. Like he, yeah. he has he yeah, has been, been there all the time. But the fuck, <laughs> did I miss that? Yeah, he's definitely been around. Yeah. I was like, who's this? Uh, yeah, no, just a quick. Quick, uh, is this the end of the BWO though? 
Do we see them? Uh, no, I think this is it. We'll see what they do. I mean, Meanie's there and over. They're like they're there for a while, so I don't know mm-hmm. what else they they got going on. But I think for all intents and purposes, as a group, the BWO is gone. All right. Well, another one bites the dust, I suppose. Yeah. And Joey Rude pay tribute. They give the last rights to the BWO. They do. They do. <laughs> All right, we get our uh, Halloween Havoc. I mean, Halloween Havoc, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Hardcore Heaven 97, Chiron. Too many podcasts. All right, we head into our next match, and that is the Triple Threat taking on Balls Mahoney and the Pitbulls. Uh, yet again here. The Triple Threat, Macho with Fran. It's a rematch from a few weeks ago. We talked about in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Bam and Bigelow in his hometown. Joey says Bigelow is down at 350 pounds, quicker than ever. Wonder if Sister Tony's here. Root is so horny for Fran. Uh, he's just really wants yeah. it. Balls hits the ring and Douglas lights him up as Candido and Bigelow ambush the pit bulls in the aisle. Beat him down with their own chain and bust it open right away. Balls turns the tide in the ring. He hammers away, but Douglas takes his knee out, gets to work, stuffing him with a pile driver. Bigelow and Candido get in the ring and celebrate, continue their assault as Natural Born Killers fires up and the gangsters show up and they get jumped by the Dudleys in the ramp, which is well done. Various wrestlers try to break that up as the Dudleys get cleaned out. Bubba and Devon beat the shit out of New Jack. Dick ties up Mustafa behind the curtain. Out come the Eliminators. Saturn mashes Devon with his crutch when they approach. What? He's still here. Cronus <laughs> takes out Bubba uh, until Jack comes to help. The triple threat, Pitbull, uh, Pitbulls and Balls are brawling around the ring. Balls works over Shane in the ring. It's a middle rope elbow drop for two. Cronus is still battling Bubba. New Jack is beating off Devon until Dick gets inserted. Into the fight. Balls is smashing Shane with weapons oh. and then goes up top, comes up empty on a leg drop. Cronus hits a cutter on Bubba at the entrance as Balls blocks above belly to belly and hits one of his own. Francine makes a save. Shane keeps hanging on as Candido and Bigelow keep the uh, pitbulls battered on the ground. Balls grabs a chair, but Francine blocks Shane. Balls swings anyway. Francine ducks, uh, but still blocks Shane. Shane kicks Balls low and smacks him in the head with a chair, but Balls just shrugs it off and chokes Shane until Bigelow saves. Shane hits another chair shot and belly-to-belly to to win the match. A very wild scene. It was fun for something different, just all these feuds colliding. The triple threat, again, pays dividends uh, with the way they work these matches. Makes Shane be a little bit vulnerable, but he's still tough to beat because of the backup, so that helps. The Pitbulls are just a mess right now. They cannot win a match over these fucking guys to save their lives. Uh, fun brawl and a good finish. Two and three quarters to me. Two yeah. and three quarters. No, go ahead, Matt. No, I was just going to uh, – I went two and a half on it. Uh, the first match we had a couple weeks ago between these guys wasn't anything special, and I, I thought this one was kind of similar. I, I feel like the Pitbulls didn't even get in the ring <laughs> at all. They were just kind of brawling around the ring with everybody else. I mean, it was basically like a three-on-one handicap match for most of it. I, uh, I like you. I, I liked how uh, how chaotic everything was, but it, it didn't necessarily make for the best match. Like I, I think I enjoyed this one more than the previous match these uh, these uh, six guys had, just because of how chaotic it was. Like I'd rather see this than kind of like that house show style match that we saw the last one. So I'll take this over that. But it was still uh, basically uh, not that much. So uh, two and a half for me, Jenny. Um. I think I liked it a little less uh, than their previous match. Um, Francine looks amazing, though. Uh, and Rude popped me when he said, I bet Bam Bam could tell you exactly where to find a Dairy Queen. <laughs> 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 so this was just wild fun. Uh, there's a lot of blood. Um, 
crowd brawling stuff. I really did like it, and I went two and three quarters on it. Jay Queen might be over on Worcester Street. Never know. Oh, shit. New Jack is backstage, speaks quietly, and says he's held close friends in his arms as they've died. Tonight he held Mustafa as they loaded him in an ambulance and drove away. He's had it with the Dudleys. He's been pushed to a point where he's done. The gangsters will get them in a cage and promise they'll take them all out. The only way to survive the match is to kill New Jack. They can forget about pinning him. When the Dudleys look at the gangsters in the cage, they'll be looking at someone that came in on a mission to take them out. And they're going down. He swears on his father that it is it. That's a really good promo. Um... Gangs have been kind of quiet for a bit, but it looks like maybe they're back in the mix now with the eliminators sidelined. Uh, you know, when New Jack really locks in, he's really good. And this was one, too, where he just very quiet to the point, solemn, but very threatening, Jenny. Very yeah, threatening. I think it's sometimes more scary from New Jack mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. Uh, if he's not screaming and stuff because it gets a little comical sometimes. But this was just so like you were leaning in to hear him and he was mm-hmm. um very much had you um hooked um just by the really the look on his face and his eyes and his tone uh surprising promo Matt. yeah uh, i'm glad that uh they seem to be uh doing things with the gangsters again after they uh, kind of uh, seemingly have gone on the back burner for a while and uh, this was a great promo uh new jack i keep saying it i've said it i feel like i've said it on uh, every time we see new jack he's a very underrated promo and i i just think this was really well done just you could see in his face just how like <laughs> full of emotion he was and yeah I, I thought this was really well done how he's he's had it with the dudleys and you're gonna have to kill him in the cage just uh great stuff from him pulp fiction time it's been a minute since we've had one of these uh we get joel gertner doing gertner things he says if the dudleys do not enter hardcore heaven 97 as champions they'll shave his head and chest live on pay-per-view the dudleys will stay home and then he says if there's a chair and then he asks if there's a chest hair club for men and <laughs> worries they may get a chest sunburn in Florida if he shaves. <laughs> RVD, Sabu, and Fonzie are rant as usual. Sabu steams. RVD's kind of laughing. Shows off his Russell Ward 92 t-shirt and says he has Heyman in a bind. Heyman was upset at him for working Monday nights, but Heyman was about his age when he was in WCW and on that shirt. Pretty good stuff from RVD. RVD says, yeah, I'm going to sell out, all right? I'm going to sell out the ECW Arena on Saturday to see him <laughs> and Sabu. And he goes to leave for a hair appointment because he's going to look good for his new exposure he's got going on. Jim Cornette to the WF Studios says it came down to two Southern boys that know real wrestling, working with RVD and Sabu to take out ECW. He laughs about Tommy's injury. He says King, RVD, and Sabu have it under control, and he'd like to never go to the arena again. But if he does get a chance to one more time to stick it to Heyman, he will. And the ECW fans realize now they're not as smart as they thought they were. And the fun of wrestling is going to matches and not knowing what's going to happen, even these not-so-smart fans. Dreamer's pacing around in an alley with Sandman and Beulah. He talks about the legacy of ECW, what it means to them. Every time they get RVD, Sabu, and Lawler, something happens. He says he wants Taz to be his partner inside a cage on Saturday. We cut the Taz backstage. He said he does what he wants to do. He's a solo wrestler and no company guy, and he refuses to team with Tommy in the cage. He has some respect, and they work hard, but he stands alone. If they want to waste time with the day of scum and feuds, they can, but he has no partners because they all swerve and fuck him over anyway. So if they want Taz, come and get his title instead of wasting time with Van Dam. Just beat him up on the street and end it. Instead, they're trying to draw a house. They want to run down the DF, but he has a TV title, and he's not going to go in some stupid cage and waste his time as well. He'll chuck out anyone wherever he wants, whenever he wants. Douglas and Francine are on the beach. Shane says for Tommy and Sam, it'd be great 
to have the top WF hater in the corner of the cage, but he has old man funk on his mind instead. We then see Jerry Lawler in a cage and says ECW fans should be locked up. But Saturday night, the King will be in the cage. Cornette says nobody ever thought they'd see Jim Cornette in ECW. Fans, uh, Fonzie calls the fans crap. Uh, this is a fantastic Pulp Fiction. Uh, it was really, really good. Everyone was on fire. All these storylines and characters are clicking, so it makes it easy. RVD and Sabu were just awesome together. I love how RVD keeps, in, you know, accidentally, you know, pissing off Sabu and then apologizes quickly and then keeps going. <laughs> just everything is so good. Everyone just is so locked in and feeling it right now. What do you think, Jenny? Um, I loved Joel. Uh, he was cracking me up. Um, just so confidently, I'll shave my head and my chest. <laughs> oh, wait. I probably should wait. It's fine. No. Okay. All that. Very good. <laughs> loved it. Um, I did not recognize Sabu in that t-shirt. I was like, who is this? Like, if he's not wearing the pants, I'm like, I don't know who this is. So that was very confusing for a minute. Um, RVD still so good. Um, Cornette saying Cornette things. He was very good as well. Um, Taz popped me just saying, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be your partner. Uh, don't care about that. I'm not going to do the cage. It did make me wonder what does Taz want? Because mm. he's very good mm. at saying shit that he don't have time for. He don't want to do this. He don't want to do that. He's got trust issues. He don't want a tag team partner. What does he want? He wants does to wrestle want- and kick everyone's ass. Well, like, yeah, okay. Um, but he doesn't wrestle. He just like makes them tap. There's no wrestling. It's just all we're getting is these, you know, 30 second challenges. So I, to me, that's not interesting. So I, I'm not sure what sort of outcome he wants when he beats everybody. Then what? So anyway, uh, Lawler was very good as well. And um, excellent Pulp Fiction, Matt. Yeah, this this might have been the best Pulp Fiction we've seen so far. I thought it was really well done. Uh, I love the uh, the extra fuck you of RVD wearing a WCW shirt. I, I yeah. thought it was fantastic. Just a great extra fuck you to everybody. Uh, Jim Cornette, I, I thought, was fantastic during this. How does this guy talk so fast without stuttering or remembering everything? It's it's damn impressive. Uh, he says uh, sticking a needle in Dreamer's testicles would be like shoving a telephone pole into an ear of corn. <laughs> and then he says uh, uh, he would rather go skinny dipping in the septic tank of a slaughterhouse than go back to the ECW arena. Good Lord. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it just, That's it's, a turn of phrase. Yeah, just <laughs> the stuff he says is unreal. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought this was really well done and a, a fantastic Pulp Fiction. All right, Joey and Rude are in the nest. Rude says Dreamer and Sandman need to do this themselves and not worry about anyone else. Then he rants about Van Damme and Sabu stabbing ECW in the back, messing with the piece of shit Lawler who jacked him around when he was breaking in. If his neck wasn't so fucked up, he would kick his ass himself. He says they need to settle the shit in the cage. Just great angry stuff by Rude here. Matt, I thought this was really well done. Uh, Just one more hard sell about all the angst right now going around with the Lawler stuff. 
I think Root has been watching too many Taz promos. Jesus Christ. <laughs> just angry, su- man. super fucking angry. More angry than I think, uh, honestly, I think Root has ever been. I don't remember ever seeing him that angry in WWE, WCW, anywhere. So I, I thought it was a side of Root that we don't really see all that often, him getting that pissed off. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought... Uh, this was really well done. And I like him saying, you know, I take care of Lawler myself if my neck wasn't absolutely <laughs> fucked. So I thought yeah. that was a great line. So yeah, great stuff from Rude here, Jenny. Yeah. Nice to see a little different side. Usually he's just goofy and fun. And uh, Joey was, seemed a little taken aback as well, but uh, tempers are high. Tension is off the charts with this shit. So um, even, even, Rick Lude is feeling it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. We wrap up with Tommy Dreamer sitting in darkness. He says the last thing he remembers is King standing over him, smiling, and then black. And that usually helps him reach an inner peace. But Jim Cornette woke him out of that peace in his own evil way. They strapped him to a board. His body was freezing from ice. He still needs a sonogram on his testicles due to fluid and bleeding. He had a giant needle inserted into his scrotum and kept draining everything out to prevent a total rupture. He's beat up and tired. He can't sleep on his back because of Cornette or his stomach because of King. So he just sits and ponders into the darkness of how much revenge a man can take on another. And Law should ponder the mystery of escaping the cage with his balls attached and not worry about who Tommy's partner will be. Uh, great promo to wrap things up, Jenny. Oh, hell yeah. This was excellent. I'm glad that he talked about it. I had questions mm-hmm. about the medical side of it, and he really <laughs> cleaned that up for me, and I appreciate that. Um but yeah, like uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be nasty. If if I was a dude and I had to go through that, um, yeah, I I would be very scared if I were Lawler, Matt. Uh, emo Tommy Dreamer is back. Uh, the blackness makes him reach an inner peace. Mm-hmm. My God, he's been listening to a lot of Depeche Mode and <laughs> The Cure and shit like that. Good Lord. Uh, I, I love the line, uh, when a doc tells you this may hurt, you know you're in trouble. I mean, that's just fucking true. Anytime it is you, true. Anytime you hear that, you know you're in deep shit. So I thought that was a great touch. Uh, I loved him saying he's beat up and tired, which is also probably true. And that, you know, he can't sleep on his back or anything like that. He works with and, children. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, Lawler should wonder about the mystery of how he's going to escape the cage with his balls attached to his body. So uh, I don't know what Dreamer is planning on doing to Jerry Lawler's balls, but uh, it doesn't. It's probably not going to be good, whatever the hell it is. He probably could have done a lot of people a lot of favors if he just took uh, them off of his cage. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take the point. pliers that he used. <laughs> right. Should have saved them. All right, awards. Uh, best match I had again the six man with the triple threat. Um, yes. Yep. Worst match Taz and Nova. Yep. Uh, best moment I I like the New Jack promo, but I ended up going with Pulp Fiction. I I just thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, tonight it's just covered everything we needed. Yep. Same. I'm gonna go with Pulp Fiction too. Uh, most nineties I went with Prodigy. Uh, WCW on Prodigy. <laughs> A prodigy and Shane mentioning uh, Tyson biting Holyfield. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Stock rising on Douglas, Taz, Triple Threat, New Jack, and Dreamer. Yeah, I think that's everybody. And stock falling, I went. I went Stevie Richards again. Um, you know, they call him up by name. He's kind of officially done. Taz just eviscerated him uh, on the promo. BWO and then the Pitbulls all scuffling. 
uh, the pit bulls are in uh, rough, rough standing right now. Rough. I I swear I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> you said rough, rough. <laughs> yes, I did. I I swear. I, look, it's very late. I didn't mean to do that. I'm Listen. not that smart. You know this. <laughs> Listen, we don't need to bark anymore about this. Let's move on. <laughs> Final grade, uh, I went 6.5 out of 10. A very good episode again. A little behind the peak that we had a couple weeks back, but it's it's we're still revving along here. This stuff is all really good. It is good. I'm with you at 6.5. I also went 6.5. We are, again, rolling here. We are watching a lot of good stuff. Yeah, this is great. We've really bounced back, Jen. I know you were concerned post-barely legal, but um, once we get past that initial lull, it's interesting, too, because, Matt, you mentioned this uh, recently, but Terry Funk... Not here. Um, we haven't even seen him. He's our world champion. And we have so much good stuff going on, even without him around. So, I've been okay. Who knew that Jerry Lawler would save ECW? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why they're doing all this. <laughs> kind of my cynical way of thinking about it is to cover up for the fact that Funk is not around. Yeah, I think it's part of it. I think I they knew they that. needed a hot angle um, yep. since they weren't going to have a world title angle. Uh, all right, we'll be back in two weeks. We're going to have four weeks of television, and that'll be our go-home to Hardcore Heaven, which we'll cover a month from today. So looking forward to that for sure. We'll see how our second pay-per-view holds up. Uh, be sure to check out everything we have to offer here at the North-South Connection. That includes Jenny Position Wednesdays. Jenny has all your uh, batch of shows, something different every week. Matt, you can catch you here on the North-South as well as the PlayStation Wrestling feed. Be sure to check out the PlayStation Pop experience. That's our whole family of podcasts and networks. And here on the North-South, we have content every day coming at you. A lot of it's evergreen wrestling content that we're all super proud of. So be sure to leave a rating, leave a review, share the word. We appreciate all of the time you spend checking us out. Until then, stay extreme. We'll talk to you in three weeks. Broken smile, fading like this sun. Broken man who's loving no one. Broken song that no one will sing. Broken forever, lost everything. No one to hold, no one to give, no life to live. No one to hold, no one to give, oh, yeah. no life to live. We're living in isolation, so we said from day one. Even family members, them love no communication. What a situation, no love no education. Taken from our homeland, we need some reparation to stop the starvation of the population. Looking for elevation, no front to the congregation. They need a meditation, mental stimulation, herbal medication to stop the inflammation. I'm spreading information to each and every nation. What a tribulation in a desire. We are in from creation. We don't need no immigration. Break down the borders, them that we all await for love. No one to hold, no one to give, no life to live. No one to hold, no one to give, no life to live. I feel broken. Oh, oh, oh.